with my presets kill you Izzy she's so bad sorry hey everybody we're we're back uh, but she's making so much noise and she, she just misbehaves so bad squeezer ah misbehaving <laughs> oh uncle billy uh, uncle baby billy Uncle Baby Billy's here for you. <laughs> He's here for you. Drink that beer. You earned it, son. You earned it. Oh, I will. Actually, I'm going to. I got the... Uh, I got the... Uh... Oh, and I made a mess. Oh. I'm a big boy. You are a sweet boy. You are dwindling away to sub 200, right? Uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're doing well. Doing real well. Pretty soon I won't be able to see you when you're standing sideways. That's that's the plan, and you'll never see me coming. <laughs> well, I mean, no matter what, that was the case. Uh, to begin with, we are in the summer. This is our, our show. You'll have to get the most out of the show because we'll be off next week for Music Fest, Aww. which is slowly, slowly creeping up. And, and if some of you follow me on Instagram, you've seen kind of what we've been working on because... I haven't really shared anything on my private Instagram in some time, um, but I've been sharing some of the Camp SEN stuff. You're probably like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I I asked myself that every day when I walked into the garage. <laughs> you, listen, you built something beautiful, and you should be very proud. I'm, I'm proud very of you. stressed it out. It's beautiful, and it's very exciting. Thanks. Um, that's not what worries me. Oh no! No, no, no! That cost you. You made that on cheap. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, it's true. You burying all the the Camp Sen merch in the desert next to the ET cartridges <laughs> is what worries me. <laughs> to hide my. Uh, um, no one will know. No, no, no. So you're gonna you're gonna cave our entire industry for a decade. Oh well, that would be awesome. That would be I'd cool. be proud of that. I'd go down to history books for that. Miss Haven. We should just call her baby, Kitty Baby Billy. Aww. Did, did you see that little video I sent you of all the, the room full of kittens, cats? Kittens, cats, yeah. Yeah, I it's mean, we're at Max Cat now. I tell Enchantress. Max Cat, three cats. She uh, mm -hmm. volunteers at the kitten That's shelter. That's how it starts. And is earmarked six, according to her, for the house. Well, yes. Uh, well... Three cats is six years. That's true. She's you know, she uses she works in the corporate world, squeezer the real world, unlike you and I. Uh huh. I yeah, believe... we we work in a fantasy land of toys and <laughs> computer animations. Yes. 
Um, she works in the real world, Squeezer, where uh, ah. you use terms like earmarking. I don't know what they it means, but I'm sure it means something. Oh no, Batgirl canceled. What the hell? Oh, oh yeah, the internet's all I'm, up. I'm catching up. What's going on? Uh, apparently, it was going to cost a lot more, and it wasn't like it was going to cost even more money. And from what I gathered, they were like, "Well, why don't you just release it on HBO Max like you planned? Because then you don't have to even worry about spending money on uh, marketing." And I, I think it's one of those things where they'd actually make more money back, and it's worth more as taking a financial hit and a write-off than here's releasing what, it. He, and... Okay, here's what I think is the real reason. Uh-huh. Michael Keaton's Batman is tied into that Flash movie. I don't think they're going to release it. I think they're going to shelve that. Oof. Wow. Yeah. That's what that's what happened. You've worked for Discovery Squeezer. You know these motherfuckers are idiots. They make reality television. Oh yeah. They, no, no, yeah. It's how true. how do you let Warner Brothers, first of all, idiots run studios all over Hollywood. They are morons. We used to have an idiot running our studio. It's yeah. not now you have slightly less of an idiot. Uh so you have these idiots running Warner Brothers. They merge. I don't know what the full deal with Discovery is, but they merge with a a uh a company that pretty much the most lucrative thing on their, uh, the most worthwhile thing on their roster was when they bought scripts. So they had those cooking shows that guy Fieri, everything else mm. was like my 5,000 pound sister. Um, that's TLC. Yeah. But it's owned by discovery, right? Uh, is TLC discovery. Is that a and E? Oh yeah, maybe. I don't know either way, but yeah, you're right. Well, it's all like- schlock reality and, television and even even the shows that originally started as like a docu-series like like deadliest catch or something where it's like hey we're going to document this and it was actually, schlock reality television they immediately like you got one season out of it and it's like oh wait if we give these guys a budget they can do silly things mm-hmm schlock squeezer yeah yeah, so I'm sure when they when they see the numbers as well, it's like, well, you know, you guys can, you know, get a show for like 30 grand. Right? Okay, this is off comicbook.com. To say that has been a wild week of entertainment news would be a little bit of an understatement, particularly when it comes to, I didn't see any of this. On Tuesday it was announced that the previously announced and nearly finished background movie that had been planned for release on HBO Max is being shelved and not would would not be released on any platform or in any format, reportedly with the film being used as a tax write-down. Other announcements followed, with the Scoob sequel being shelved by the streamer. On Wednesday, additional news followed, with several original movies quietly being removed from the platform and an animated series being canceled, despite a new season being completely finished. What's that? Oh. Oh, there are a bunch of movies that they, they... Yanked some show called Little Ellen. Is that about Ellen DeGeneres? Yes, it is. I, I oh, is it? Mm-hmm. I don't. I of all the shows that I saw listed, I hadn't seen any of them. The announcements, all part of a larger overall change in strategy for the streamer, come ahead of Warner Brothers Discovery earnings call on Thursday, and the DC decision in particular set off a lot of speculation about the fate 
uh, for other uh, blah 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 blah. Uh, all I all I saw was that Ben Affleck's coming back as Batman and fucking Aquaman. <laughs> ben Affleck's gonna play Batman in every movie but Batman movie, which I don't mind because I like the fucking Twilight Kid in the Batman movie currently too. So. Yeah, like uh, just them both. I think we talked yeah. about that last week, right? It it, it came yeah, out like, last week. It's one of those. Yeah, you, you can have more than one. You can have more than one at the same time. Yeah. Man, they really and and uh, they really don't know what the fuck they're doing, do they? It seems like a clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, and it's all, uh, you know, half of it's probably half bullshit. You know, just. Why would they you, have you they have... have their reasons too for shelving it? And you're right; it could be you know flashpoint related. Yeah, no, there, there's be... no tax write off worth. Like, let's say they get, I don't know, even five thousand subscribers just to see, which they'll get way more. But let's say they get five thousand new subscribers just to see Batgirl. That's worth it. Yeah, but they won't. They'll get like maybe. A couple, ten, maybe even a hundred thousand people streaming just to see Batgirl. Maybe not a hundred thousand. Maybe a couple yeah. tens of thousands. Maybe. It's worth it. But what they really want to do is they don't want you to remember that Flash movie <laughs> with the kid who's wanted. So they're going to shelve the shit out of that. That's never going to see the fucking light of day. Uh, it's almost like... Th- we are never poor. We have our, our our one friend on Instagram. He's a big eighty nine Batman fan and DC fan. That that poor bastard. I feel bad for him. He's never gonna see Batman. <laughs> All the like they did two movies with Michael Keaton coming back as Batman, and then it's never gonna see the light of day. And it's all people want. I mean, not all they want, but it would be fantastic. It's Batman. So, here's a story of a lovely lady. No. Lady. Um, new details about Ben Affleck's Batman return and Aquaman and the Last Kingdom has surfaced. Um, Justin Moa took to Instagram, blah, 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 with On the Cape. Uh, Aquaman series ahead of Affleck's return opposite Ezra Miller in The Flash. That film, which explores the DC multiverse, will also star Michael Keaton as the Dark Knight of another universe, was supposed to lead to Keaton replacing Affleck as the main Batman of shared DC extended universe. Instead, Momoa appeared to confirm it would be the other way around. It would be Batfleck who makes waves in Aquaman 2, not Keaton's Batman. Along with this key role in The Flash, Keaton was a peer in Batgirl before the movie was shelved permanently by Warner Brothers. According to Hollywood Reporter, Keaton filmed a scene for Aquaman 2 that test audiences found confusing because it was unclear how or why Keaton's Batman was in the DCEU. Oh, James Wan Aquaman sequel. Uh, maybe, maybe they got uh, they they got caught. I hate to use the Zambellis, but oh, you got caught speeding. <laughs> maybe Affleck never said he didn't want to come back as Batman. They just said we're not bringing you back as Batman. Well, you know, he did two movies and 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 bailed. And they're two good movies. Ben Affleck as as Batman has done two at least two movies, 
but he appeared in Wonder Woman and, and uh, Suicide Squad. But I'll say he's in two movies. Not good movies, but okay movies. Okay. Well, he, I he guess was two good. and a half. Nah. Yeah, sure. It's all a bunch of uh, strange what these executives come up with. I really hope Joker 2 isn't a fucking musical. <laughs> I really do. It says Joker 2 will take place in an iconic DC location. Joker 2 is flying over the cuckoo's nest into Arkham Asylum. Oh, maybe they're doing Arkham Asylum. Folia do. I don't want to see a Joker musical. Oh, I kind now I kind of do just to not that I want to see you suffer, but I just want to see a reaction. I mean, there's enough out there for me to not care. All right, if this if some people like this, fine, take it. I'll I'll just go back and watch fucking I'll go watch the cutscene from the Batman with his Joker and just wait for him to do it do it properly. You got it. I mean, Todd Phillips tried to be a good director as long as he could. He held it in as long as he could. <laughs> He's like, eventually, it's going to be the joke over. Uh, Hangover Joker sequel where the Joker gets really drunk in Las Vegas and kills a bunch of people and wakes up and doesn't remember it. And and that fat guy with the beard, Zach Galifianakis, is going to be his, <laughs> like penguin in it. That's what we're lead- That's what he's leading leading us to. Izzy, I hope you're doing something good under there, but it doesn't sound like it. You're threatening a cat. Oh, I'm using my threatening voice, Squeezer. I'm not technically threatening. Ooh. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I just threatened you, too. You you did? I did. All right, Izzy, let's go. <laughs> podcast. Uh, I'm going to drink some of my beer right now. You talk. I'm sick of the world. All right. I, I, I did. Uh, I started uh, Ms. Marvel. What'd you think? I, I, I enjoy it. It's a very charming young lady. She is charming, isn't she? Um, and it's, it's pretty good. She, I, she carries the I, series, I, but that's a good thing. Yeah, I didn't honestly want to even give it the time of day because just like the synopsis alone is like the coming of age tale of a young girl. I'm like, ah, no, no, You're be no. Dealing the whole with that like I said twice in your I, life, I, Squeezer. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I deal with that every day. And she comes uh, of age uh, way quicker and better than I have ever did. <laughs> I'm yeah, still waiting yeah, for my coming talking, of age. Look, that, saga that still. I guess when you have adults writing as kids, you'd have to just get completely shit-faced and hit your head a couple times before you can actually write like kids really talk. Um, this is still a little too uh, mature. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe there are much more mature kids out there. Maybe they are nowadays. I was a total idiot. Uh, still I still am. am. <laughs> yeah, still am to this day. Mm-hmm. I don't... Words good. Um... But yeah, so I'm like, ah, you know what? I need a, I need an hour show <clears throat> to uh, put on when I'm on my bike to keep my ass moving, and uh, it works. It's not always yeah, it's... an hour, though. What's that? It's not always an hour. No, I noticed that. Like, I think episode three was like, f- like forty minutes or something. Like, oh, that was a quick one. I got to mm-hmm. keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, no, it's uh, it's enjoyable and it's getting better. I, I like the the build. We got some actual bad guys now. I didn't, I didn't really gonna... even know about the whole um, uh, India uh, partition with Pakistan. And yeah, I role. know. Like I knew a little bit about it, but I went and like spent a whole night on a squeezer deep dive on Wikipedia, learning yeah. myself about. Pakistan and its history with India and the British crown and fuck man it was fucked up. The show makes me hungry though. Oh all the It makes me want to go down to my farmers market and get all my get all my snacks and <laughs> Um but it's it's very well done uh and and I love the art style of it. Um, yes, the yeah. But uh, you you should really give Only Murders in the Building a try next. I ha I'm a couple episodes in and just you know new shows come I gotta pick up and then I, it's hard to get back in. I feel like uh, this season of Only Murders in the Building is better than last season. Last season was good. Oh. This one is great. And you're like, how do they do it? I don't know how long they could go with this, but mm -hmm. man, it is really good. And I just love the the set the score and and the acting from not only uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short, but Selena Gomez and every bit player on the show is fan-fucking-tastic. But the three of them have so much chemistry together. Uh, it's, it's insane. So, really, really highly recommend. Uh, we're also watching Hacks on HBO Max, which is really fucking good. Gene Smart... She's in like every fucking HBO show and they're all good. Hmm. Seriously. She was in The Watchmen redo. She was in that uh, fucking uh, Kate Winslet Philadelphia one where they all say hoagie is all the time. <laughs> she played her mom. Um, I think she was in another one and she's in she's in this hack show and she's so fucking good. This show is so good. And 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 designing women. Uh, she was in. I mean, I've watched Designing. I can't say I never watched Designing Women. <laughs> Bo, I, I've watched Designing Women. I don't. Re she. I didn't know she was in it. But yeah, I remember the the bigger one with the southern accent. <laughs> well, yeah. Um. Oh, and I did see uh, DC League of Super Pets. You did, and how was it? Yes, it was fun. Well, yeah, it was a lot of fun. There's, well, there's assume, a lot of. You know, I would it's, hope it's it'd a, be fun. Per, it's a, yeah, it's a good kids movie. Well, it's just because like people are, like immediately harping on it that it's not. Fucking sorry, it's not Logan, you know. Oh, she wasn't designing women. It's a kids movie. Very and it, there was some really there's some good gags and yeah, some of the voice acting is a little flat or it just sounds like an actor was paid to come in and read lines. Sure. Um, go back and watch some of your favorite shows that were, uh, some of your favorite cartoons as a kid that you think are the most fantastic thing in the world, but you haven't watched in 30 years. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, so I'd say it, uh, doesn't hold up. Doesn't. Not saying you don't have to enjoy them, but, <laughs> They aren't the works of art that you thought they might have been. Uh, now, now, uh, the kids now they're into this Gabby's Dollhouse or whatever. Some Netflix, some uh, 
I mean, I, it looks like it was a YouTube show, and then I think Netflix picked it up and put some money behind it and launched a toy brand. Mm-hmm. But Mrs. Squeezer, she's you know saying like, oh, it's clearly you, you watched a show and it's just a commercial for all the toys. You see, every toy in the store looks exactly like it is in the show, and they present it as you would play with it. I'm like, what kind of monster would come up with a show like that? I'm like. Oh yes, Mattel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Toy yes, company. we we were the trial run. We were we were the we were ground zero for this. I loved every second of it. So I I, I can't hate my children's programming because they're doing it just to sell them toys. That is true. That is true. Um, where are we at? We're roughly twenty minutes in. Do we start the show? Or do we keep talking I, about nonsense? I mean, I, I, I don't I nonsense don't. all day. Ah, <coughs> uh, sorry. Uh we. I mean, we can we can just do nonsense from nineteen ninety six. Just right. summer of ninety six. I had to really re- rework my picks. I gave you a list, and I'm like, oh. That wasn't in the summer. Oh, that wasn't in the summer. Well, that's oh, that why was I didn't. Like, if you go on one of those BuzzFeed lists, which I know we both went on the same one because we both Googled summer of 96. And, yeah. Uh, some of our picks are both off this list. But it says Nintendo 64. Now, I know for a fact I didn't get my Nintendo 64 till the winter of 1997. But it did come out in the summer of 96. Uh, September of 96. That's still the summer. Summer ends. I think it's September twenty sixth of ninety six. Oh, you and your goddamn facts! All right, you're <laughs> first. Here's your pick. On June seventh, Alcatraz is back in business. A battery of VX gas rockets is presently deployed on the population of the San Francisco Bay Area. Now, the only way to stop the unsinkable is to get the one man who broke out of the rock. I have a unique knowledge of this prison facility. I was formerly a guest here. To lead a chemical weapon specialist. You're a chemical freak. Chemical super freak. To break back in. From Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer, the producers of Top Gun and Crimson Tide, and Michael Bay, the director of Bad Boys. Welcome to the rock. Sean Connery. 30 years ago, I vowed I wouldn't die in this toilet. Nicholas Cage. All right. I had to do it myself. I got three weeks weapons training. Ed Harris. Fire. This summer, get ready. Oh! You enjoying this? To rock. That's just about the most awful thing I've ever seen. The Rock. Rated R. How in the name of Zeus's butthole did you get out of your cell? <laughs> You thought I was going to uh, go Sean Connery there, but I went Nick Cage. You did. I was. You even said you, your eyes lit up when I said The Rock. And yeah. you're like, oh, I can do my Connery. Stanley Goodspeed, huh? I was just watching uh, <laughs> on Paramount, uh, The Last Crusade, so I, I'm fresh on Connery. Oh, nice. We named the dog Indy. <laughs> <laughs> you're named after the dog? That That's my John Rice Davies. It was. It was. It sounds it's, just like uh, the... It's really bad. Really, really bad. We'll drink beer from the. <laughs> trying to do that. What was that? That was supposed to be Gimli. Oh, it's Gimli. Okay. Red meat off the bone. Same actor. Yeah, I th- thank you. No, I wasn't sure if you knew. He was in a lot of prosthesis. Yeah, yeah, and like stood in the hole for 
Like, hey, let's get the tallest guy we know and make him the shortest. Yeah, but it worked out because he was taller than the hobbits. Just, you know, and they were tall. Yeah. So. Yeah, and you need someone broad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm not. just. Everyone, like, suspended disbelief for that. Like, you all know these people aren't that short. But you're just like, I'm okay with it. Yeah, yeah. The movie's good, so I'm okay with it. Yeah. But then, like, when he's like, I'm doing the hobbit now, we're like, no, we've had enough. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're, we're done with you I, and your tr- camera trickery. <clears throat> well, it, it's because they, they strayed so far from camera trickery just to straight up, let's just animate this. True, yeah. There's just the uh, the, the, vi- the feel just isn't there like, where everything else was. You'd wet a workshops making chainmail armor. Right, and then it turned know. into the uncanny shire. Oh, oof. it yeah. did it ever. It yeah. was... Now yeah. <laughs> I like that uncanny shit. That's very good. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, good. Now John Reese Davies, what role does he have in uh, uh, The Rock? I don't know. <laughs> I think he's one of the one of the little boats that they came over in. Good speed, huh? Stands for God's speed. Um. Stanley could Goodspeed. you could you do this movie just back and forth? And could you do a one man show of The Rock just bouncing back and forth between your Connery and Nicolas Cage and when I was younger, I always wanted to be the best in the academy. Your best. Losers always want about the best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Kyla was the prom queen. I see. <laughs> uh, the worst is when he's laying there, strumming his guitar, holding his Beatles uh, vinyl. Ring, ring. You just want to take that guitar and beat him and then go after uh-huh. Michael Bay with the shards. Giving his pretentious speech about vinyl. Yeah. Ugh. Oh God. He I collect it so I could spend my money on something. It sounds no different than <laughs> iTunes to me. <laughs> yeah, iTunes. iTunes doesn't come with cool splatter patterns. No. No. I'm like, uh, I'm seriously in turning into cardboard boxes next to me. I'm serious. As the older I get, the more I turn into comic book man. The collector. <laughs> He'll put it in a mailer bag so it cannot be touched. No. <laughs> uh, I, oh fuck, I remember seeing this movie and I loved it. It was so, it, it, this is, I, I think this might be like Michael Bay at his best. Well, his worst than his best, yes. His worst than his best. No, well, it's because <coughs> his best, in my opinion, because I can actually see what the hell's going on. Okay. Well, um, not to be fair, we watched Ambulance mm-hmm. uh, a couple weeks ago. The one with the ambulance. <sighs> what it's a being chased by a helicopter. Steaming pile of shit, Squeezer. I mean, I've no, seen... No, really? Oh, my God. It's so fucking bad. <laughs> it is so fucking stupid. And bad. I mean, you knew it was. It's a fucking Michael Bay movie, directed by Michael Bay, and it's about an an amb- a guy's in an ambulance, and it's called Ambulance. <laughs> it's almost like a Simpsons pitch of a Michael Bay movie that <laughs> that they're like, I'll fucking, I'll, I'll make it. <laughs> like, hey, we heard they were pitching uh, Michael Bay movies on The Simpsons, and he's like, oh yeah, what did they say? They, one of the pitches was a movie called Ambulance, and it takes place in an ambulance. I'll make it. <laughs> Fuck it. And the studio was like, here's $250 million. Make your ambulance picture, sir. Oh, 
But it was like, uh, did fucking Jake Gyllenhaal do it for fun? Did he do it to to have fun? Is that why he did it? I think he. I I don't think he's hurting. Uh, he's got an. He's got the Roadhouse movie coming up. Right. You he's know? like, you know what? I'm gonna do this movie because we're gonna have. It's gonna be awful. <laughs> the script is horrible. I'm just gonna have fun with it. I'm gonna really ham it up, and and be the fucking villain. Or someone has pictures of him. Or yeah, he came to one of Michael Bay's weird private island mo- uh, parties, and someone has Michael Bay's has pictures. That's I'm sure that's the only way he got Will Smith. <laughs> not, no, the only way he got Will Smith and Martin Lawrence to do well, Martin Lawrence was ba- probably begging to do Bad Boys Three, but the only way he got Will Smith to do Bad Boys Three, I mean, if he would have just waited until this summer, he could have got Will oh, Smith. Man, to there's do, gonna there's gonna be direct the video ones, right? right Bad now. Boys Three, Four, Five, Six, and Seven, but he wait he went too early, and I think they only agreed that we'll do it, but you can't direct. <laughs> All of a sudden, Martin Lawrence is the guy calling up Will Smith, saying if he wants to do the movie. Oh, you mean the other way around? Will Smith is calling Martin Lawrence. No, no, but used to. Now it's Martin Lawrence. Wait, what? Yeah. No, no. It used to be Martin Lawrence calling Will Smith to beg him to do the movie. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. Not no. begging, saying, hey, do you want to do this movie? No. Or vice versa. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could have worked it either You're way. ruining yeah, it. It's a bad joke. We both ruined it. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, folks. Apologize. Let's workshop that and come back next week with something we'll, better. We'll be back next week. We're going to yeah. do our... Uh, Table that. Our, 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 Oscar, our Oscar shtick. Table it. Six-month-old Oscar shtick. We're going to learn to say Oscar shtick. Oscar Then we're going to come out and say it right. Oscar shtick. I wanted to workshop a new character tonight, by the way. Oh, so when we see an opening, but you got to play along. I'll do my. Oh, you know I. That's what I do best. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. You remember when I was pitching years before Righteous Gemstones come out, came out, like a a televangelist. Mm-hmm. A script. I even have a script for it. Uh, I was like, you know what? I should do that voice in the show. I think it'd be funny. When I. Uh, when the- the the Jakeish character? No, you're you'll have to play the Jakeish character. I'm I'm doing okay. the televangelist. And when I see an opening, I might just take it and just so you know. Gotcha. The whole shtick is I think he's going to uh smite you to God for your sodomy with the lunch lady. What well, what well, I didn't Living as a sodomite. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, well, it's the whole stuff. I haven't really worked it out yet, so we might just All right, well, we might just try and iron some kinks out here on the show live. That's how you do it, right? That's comedy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's like that. Uh, what, what's that comedy that's not funny? Um, um, any Michael Bay picture? <laughs> oh, gotcha. Uh, but look, look it, it hits all like the right like. It has a little bit of a plot that's necessary. There's a lot of like unnecessary, convoluted uh, uh, plan on behalf of the bad guys. Like it, oh, yeah. it's like the most as super villain as you can get. Yeah, I'm doing this because <laughs> like, my country deserted me, and I got 50 men in there that should have blah 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 from the U.S. government. Blah blah blah. Ed Harris, man, come on, dude. Uh, yeah, but he's it's yeah, yeah. Look, everyone everyone took a, a paycheck in this uh in this movie. 
That's right. It had, he just came off of Apollo 13. It's the only reason I did it. Um, and he's so good in Westworld. Oh. Ed Harris so is in Westworld? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. He's awesome. Um, but, yeah, and, 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 like, John Spencer's in it. West Wing alumni. Uh, fucking uh, William Forsythe is in it. Michael Bain gets to play a Navy SEAL. Can you believe that? Yeah, no typecasting here. No, none whatsoever. Um, and then, uh, who else was the, uh, oh, I forgot. John McGinley's in it, too. He is. He's one of his soldiers. Yeah. Yeah, Dr. Cox. Um, but yeah, it's, and, uh, who, yeah, they, you know, you get all your cool uh, kill-offs per each guy. Like, one guy gets impaled by a fence. The other guy eats the little the ball thingy. Um, yeah, and I don't know why the, the chemicals come in these little fragile plastic beads. But, you know. They were like own. plastic I'm not a chemical. Nicolas Cage is a chemical weapon specialist, not me. Right, yeah. So. I'm a chemical weapon specialist for the FBI, and I strum my guitar and listen to Beatles vinyl with my way out of my league wife, who I shouldn't be able to afford because I'm an <laughs> FBI worker. <laughs> Not saying that you have to afford a beautiful wife, but he's got no personality, so you assume <laughs> he got her for money. So yeah, yeah, of course. Right. Um, he's got some so, sort yeah, of trust it's... fund that we don't know about. What's that? Maybe he's got some sort of trust fund. Oh, yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah. and stealing the microfiche at the end and driving off looking at the JFK. Ugh, he's so bad in the cage. Oh, oh come on. But he's so good. Like, one t Tommy and I, no joke, so he bought this, like, used Escalade, but it was really nice. He spent money. It wasn't, like, the cheap used Escalade, but he worked, you know, he got his job in construction, and he's now a millionaire doing it, but he started young, and he started making money young. So he bought this Escalade, and he, he got this, like, DVD infotainment system in it that was aftermarket. And back then, they didn't, like, make it so that when you were in drive, you couldn't watch a DVD. So you could put a movie on where you were driving. Oh, fun. And, and him and I drove all the way down to, like, Ocean City, Maryland, watching The Rock over and over. Spent the whole time there watching The Rock and then the whole way home watching The Rock. I think we stopped at a Kmart and bought... Um, American Wedding, I think, or American Reunion or something, and we watched that. <laughs> but we watched The Rock like about 15 times that weekend. <laughs> we just were quoting it to ev everybody who had talked to us. We were just hammered, and we just talked back as from lines from The Rock, and so many people wanted to kill us. <laughs> luckily, John... Deservedly so. Luckily, John was there to protect us, Mr. Trench. Oh, okay. well, yeah, you need your... Your muscle. Yeah. People like some big guy. Like, what's That's your why problem? you got you got away with so much dumb shit. I know. I, I really should be dead. I, I should have had the living shit beat out of me. Like some like muscle fucking dummy comes. He up he, like, he was he was your diesel to your heartbreak yeah, kid. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what's your problem, man? I'm like, good speeder. <laughs> and then Tommy would come up and yell at him, Carla, what's the problem, Queen? You know, you go to swing, and John would just like grab his arm and like be like, all right, we're just not happening. Leave him alone. And they'd be like, what? How? <laughs> He's screaming the rock lines at people. Like drunk. Out of our ass. Huh. No one wanted to be around us that weekend. We would not shut up about the rock. 
And you know what? Nor should you. Yeah, right. Agreed. Agreed. Mm, what a movie. What a what yeah. a picture, Squeezer. Yeah, it, 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 the the true it, it it truly is a a summer blockbuster. And how? All right. Um my is it time for me? Yep, your turn. This is your mission, should you choose to accept it. Simple game. Is he serious? Always. It's much worse than you think. I can understand you're very upset. You've never seen me very upset. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Rated PG-13. Now, Squeezer, mm-hmm. I have very little to base this on. In fact, not even very little. I have nothing to base this on. But I am a firm believer, and I believed it then, and I believe it now, that this movie got made in 96 because of FX, like I talked about in 94, launching in 94. One of the shows they ran constantly was Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. I never watched an episode of the show till FX came out. And then I watched it like every fucking night. And... I was like, oh, maybe it became popular on FX and then they decided to make a movie. I'm sure the movie was in production before FX even launched. <laughs> but I was a firm believer in that that FX came out. People started, you know, following that. And uh, that's what made this movie. Now, I saw it in 96 and was very confused. I knew I liked it. Yep. Mainly that scene where he's hanging, like it became so popular. It was parodied. Like everybody talked about that scene where Tom Cruise is hanging, uh, and he like catches his sweat drop. Um, yeah, and to think that's the crazy scene from the Mission Impossible movie at the time, right? Yeah, and they just keep outdoing themselves. Um, it was, of course, directed by Brian De Palma. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, and it's got great. It's got John Boy. It's got fucking Ving Rams, Chris and Scott Thomas, Jean Reno, Squeezer. Oh, I love him. And uh, Tom Cruise, who's a great actor and um, wonderful in it. Uh, now, here's some facts, unlike what I told you earlier. Numerous efforts <laughs> by Paramount Pictures to create a film adaptation of the television series stalled until Cruise founded Cruise Wagner Productions and decided on Mission Impossible as its inaugural project. Development initially began with filmmaker Sidney Pollock, but most of the final screenplay was completed after the Palma. Steve Zalian, David Kep, and Robert Town were hired. Wow, what a fucking writing powerhouse. Uh, with Brian De Palma. No wonder this movie was so fucking good. My God. It, uh, Brian, David Kep is the ninth most successful screenwriter in terms of U.S. Bo- box office of all times. Damn. Right. Uh, Steve uh, Zalian is known for a little screenplay he wrote called Schindler's List. Um, I don't know who Robert Town really is known for, but I've seen the name before. Um, so, uh, of course, De Palma designed all the action sequences and Cruz did most of his own stunts. Principal photography began in March of 95 and lasted until August. Filmed in London um, and Prague, a rarity in Hollywood at the time. Now, it's funny. 
I saw this in 96, and I might have seen it one more other time, but we watched it again when CBS was doing their Sunday night movie over the quarantine in a, a spring slash summer of 2020, Squeezer. Mm-hmm. Weird time. We talked about it a lot on the show. Uh, and it was fun. It was almost exciting like to watch the Sunday night movie. And, and, uh, I'm sorry, Enchantress and I watched all of them. We watched Mission Impossible. I was like, oh, we were there. We were there because it was in Prague. They filmed it actually in Prague. We were there. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I forgot all about this. And I'm like, I forgot how fucking good this movie was. And now I'm like, I'm nostalgic for it, not because I saw it. In the th- we saw that Tillman A, me and my friend Matt and his mom in 96. And I'm not nostalgic for them. I'm nostalgic for watching it as the CBS Sunday night movie over quarantine. <laughs> and I find myself oddly nostalgic for a lot over quarantine. Isn't that weird? Hmm. It was a... Uh, it, it was a... It- as crazy as it may sound for some, it was a simpler time. It was. It was so slow. Yes. And time did not move at the speed it's moving at now and moved at before that. But it gave you more time to just stop and enjoy some things. Cause there was, it was like now, like it's hard to keep up with a lot of television cause it's coming out and movies at a, at a rapid pace. Nothing was coming out. There's yeah. nothing. You can new. actually catch up on things. You catch up on things. Uh, uh, uh and like, I, I don't know. There's something special, like growing up watching a Sunday night movie or a movie on on television, knowing that all these people. It's like the shared joy of watching a movie together, uh, all over the country. And uh, that's kind of what happened again when they're releasing these, because they did the classics. They did the Indiana Jones, they did the Forrest Gump, uh, they did Titanic, of course, um, and they did Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I just, that was a crazy time and we're going to like look back on this. It's going to be like, <laughs> cause we're all too big of pussies to ever have gone to war. Yeah. So oh, th- yeah. this, you know, like how our grandparents talked about world war two, this is, we're yeah. going to be talking. When I, was... I watched mission impossible on the Sunday night on cable. Right. Yeah, exactly. I always thought it would be 9-11 that like, would be like the thing in our life that would be the biggest event. No, it was a you know, global pandemic. <laughs> yeah. uh, crazy. You know, and whether you believe it was a pandemic yeah, let's or not. Ho- let's hope it's between uh, those two things. Yeah. Nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, New York is like trying to get its citizens prepared for a nuclear war. Have you seen any of that stuff? Yeah. Yeah, my sister's like all freaked out about it because they just did a thing about like having a to-go bag when you evacuate the city. Yeah. I just assume huh. some they hired some new eager emergency management whacker. Oh yeah, and they can't help themselves. They're spending their money to do this. So here's development. Uh, Paramount Pictures on the rights to the television series and tried for years to make a film version, but failed to come up with a viable treatment. Tom Cruise had been a fan of the show since he was young and thought it would be a good idea for a film. The actor chose Mission Impossible to be the nom and the blah blah of his thing. Um, while working on Interview with the Vampire, which is a great fucking movie, by the way, if you've never seen mm-hmm. it, Anne Rice. There's something about Anne Rice and how she wrote vampires and like Louisiana and that French shit yeah, was so good. Cruz met De Palma during a dinner with Steven Spielberg and was impressed with his filmography. Who cannot be? 
Brian De Palma is a great director. Uh, um, which convinced him to hire De Palma for Mission Impossible. Damn. I had uh, I had on VHS in the sleeve. Ooh. I watched it ad nauseum. And it, okay, it, so you really like this movie. I love it. I liked it. Years. I saw it. Years this. before I figured out what the hell was actually going on. Yeah, now when I watched it, um, when I watched it, like, back in quarantine, I was like, holy shit, this is a really good movie. I never realized it. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 to Isha's point, I still cringe and have nightmares about the Emilio Estevez elevator sequence. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We do need to go to San Antonio and cover XFL games, Squeezer. Hang out with Ish. Do you like my uh, my picture? For the, the I YouTube. do. I am so glad I get to. Uh, that's what I do. I make people feel better. So Carrie, uh, I'm glad. Uh, little Carrie and, and Enjoy a little squeezy pop. A little squeezy pop in her hand. Uh, all right. Here is a little squeezy pop's second pick. Just don't share it with them. When the they call me Magarena, and the boys they say que soy buena. They all want me, they can't have me, so they all come and dance beside me. Move with me, chat with me, and if you're good, I'll take you home with me. Alla tu cuerpo, alegría, Magarena, que tu cuerpo es para dar la alegría y cosas buenas. Alla tu cuerpo, alegría, Magarena, eh, Magarena. Alla tu cuerpo, alegría, Magarena, que tu cuerpo es para dar Okay, that's about enough of that song. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you heard it enough. You heard it enough in the summer of '96. Uh, late summer '96 is when it. Uh, August is when it started the chart. Uh, so the actual Macarena came out in '93. The original Spanish version from Los Del Rio. Uh, but then uh, it caught on in some of the clubs down in Miami and one of the local radio guys wanted an English version because, you know, that's what we do here. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, <laughs> uh, he had some of his buddies from uh, uh, Bayside uh, Records produce an English version, so it's the Bayside Boys remix uh, that came out in 95. And it kind of like lingered around down there, and it was in all the clubs, and it got hot. And then the summer of 96 is when this song just absolutely blew up and went global. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was every middle-aged person's, uh, uh, it was just so awkward. Like, I, I, do you remember you physically, you doing the Macarena? Nope. No, I didn't either. But you remember standing around and watching your relatives do it? Uh, I I think when my cousin, the Roosh parents, got married, Squeezer, I uh -huh. was like, they did it at their wedding, and I sat there and watched some people I knew do it and was embarrassed for them. But that was yes. one of the songs where it was fun. It was right around Spice Girls 2 where it was fun to hate. Like, you're like, ugh, God. Yeah, oh, it was absolutely fun. fun to hate. Now I look back, now... 
Even, now, th- this is hard to listen to because it, it is kind of obnoxious and irritating. But I'm not going to lie. You throw some Spice Girls on now in hindsight. I'm like, yeah, what the hell? It reminds me of being a kid. I'll, I'll listen to it. Mm. Or Mrs. Just, Squeezer well, won't let me turn it off one way or the other. I still won't listen to Spice Girls, but still. I, I, I walk in the other night, and I guess she was down at her parents. They are cleaning some stuff out. And I walk in. It's dark. And I, I walk to my dresser to go put my watch down and my phone and charge my phone and crawl in the bed. And there's this poster hanging above, like, the side of my bed above my nightstand. I immediately know what the hell it is. And it's, like, laminated, too. I turn my flashlight on. I look up. And there is a, like, 1998, like, the youngest of young Justin Timberlake posters hanging on my wall next to my bed. <laughs> um... And I left it there. I left it there. It's uh, and there it shall remain. You know, I'm always looking for a little artwork, and it's a ad- adorable Justin. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it. She would have put some of that on. Yeah, I gotta listen. It's, I know what's good for me. Um, but th- this song, it was just a massive hit, and it was irritating. And as yes, a a young teen, preteen boy, it 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 sucked. Um, but the, look, it made people, and now, th- now this is more mature, older squeezer looking back from 20, looking from 2022 back. Um, it made people happy and they were all having a good time together. Mm-hmm. Remember that? No, no. Well, it l- at least looked like it. So. Everyone just started doing the Macarena. Really? And, uh, they all just did yeah, it? Yeah, that's world. That's how we achieve world peace. We all just do the Macarena. We just put it on a loop uh, until everyone eventually, uh, all, world, all wars end, um, all political strife ends, and we all just do the Macarena together. And we'll earn those guys a shit ton more money again. So apparently even, it was as, what was the last time I saw a date? It was like 2003, because they get residuals. They got, they got a check for $250,000 in 2003 for a song that came out in 1993. Oh, good for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they are just raking it in. I think I saw something like they got 25% royalties. Wow. For the remake, yeah. Yeah, they made a fortune. And it's funny because you go back. So I'm like, oh, like you read up on like the Bayside Boys remix stuff. And we all know what happened in 96. But what about like Los Del Rio and those guys? Mm-hmm. They were uh, a, a Spanish pop group that formed in 1962. They've been releasing albums since 1967. And you go down, it's like 67, 71, 72. Almost every year in the 70s, 80s, every other year, they're releasing all these albums, 90, 91, 92, 92, 93. They release their album with uh, the Macarena on it. And it charts at, like, number 20 on, like, the U.S. Latin charts. All right? Then in 95, the like, just the Bayside Boys remix Macarena album comes out, and... It just skyrockets and becomes like 
it was number one for like 14 weeks on uh, Billboard uh, 100 or whatever the hell it is. Like, so they they were going for like 25 years, almost 30, almost 30 years as a group. And then just bam, just massive, you know, recognition and fortunes. Well, good for them. Thereafter. Yeah. So I'm ha- so a- as irritating as that song may be, uh, it made uh, two uh, very just average-looking Spanish guys a lot of money. <laughs> they really couple, do. They just look like two dads. We're a couple of average-looking <laughs> non-Spanish guys. How can we make a lot of money? Yeah, uh, let's come up. Let's should we advertise on this highly kind of popular podcast we have here? <laughs> Well, we just got to hang out there for 30 years before uh, someone goes. Someone decides to make a, a Spanish remix of it, and then it's going to be huge in Colombia. The Spanish remix of the Rad Years? Yeah. Hold on. Keep talking. I fucked something up here. Um, oh, sorry. Um, I'm stalling here while he fixes his thing because he came up with some shtick that he's going to do. Yeah. Uh, did Squeezer do the Macarena for extra hoagies for the lunch lady? Yeah, well, that's what I'm trying to get at. And, and <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, just... Uh, I'm trying to just, find out from the lunch lady. And all my batteries fell out of my megaphone. Oh, no. I, I believe it was a uh, sabotage I think it was. That, sounds like, that sounds like some kitties with opposable thumbs and little tiny screwdrivers would do. You know what, Squeezer? You might not mm-hmm. be wrong about that. Where's I'm missing one? How am I missing one battery? All right, everyone, talk amongst yourselves. I'm searching for some D batteries. Yeah, you guys, you guys just talk amongst yourselves uh, while he looks for his battery. Uh, what else is in the news? Let's see. Squeezer stalling. Squeezer stalling. What else did I? Uh, I'm trying to think. Hmm. I got. Uh, Got that thing going on now, and uh, let's see. I got. I think I'm gonna make some wings tomorrow night. I've been a good boy lately, so you have been a good I'm gonna go boy. light on lunch tomorrow. I got a long day. It's gonna be hot. I when I get home, I put some wings on the Deep grill. Fucking battery. It's like medium heat. Put them on the grill for a little bit, and then uh, I do like ten minutes. Turn them ten minutes. Another five, and then I just. Toss them in a little hot sauce and put them in, and I drop the heat down. Just kind of let them sit on the grill for like five minutes or so, and just let the hot sauce kind of uh, caramelize on it. It's nice, and then uh, a little blue cheese. You can you can do a little blue cheese. I tried being like, oh well, if I get the yogurt face one, it's only thirty calories, and I can Ugh. have a lot more. Ugh, don't don't get the good shit, and just in my mo- everything in moderation, folks. All right, just get the good shit. Don't do the yogurt stuff. I tried. It's not worth it. I you might as well just, you know, eat dirt. I literally, like, lost the D battery just when it, it, like, fell out right now. How do you lose a D battery? Just look for the hole in the floor and go downstairs and get it. Oh, no. Found it. Found it. We're good, everybody. Uh, We're good, good everybody. Hold on. Um, keep, keep talking. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe if I'm even done. No, I'm at my max today. Can't. I I got ow. I believe someone's here. Talk and do some shtick. Nice. It's what a surprising coincidence. So natural. I was talking about making hot wings. 
You're my little hot wig squeezer. Hi, everybody. It's been a while since I've been on the show, and I was talking about the Macarena. He used to come back and say, Lunch lady, lunch lady, I'll do the Macarena for you for some more gazpacho. I really, what he wanted is my paella. (laughs) I wanted him to put his shrimp in my gumbo, if you know what I mean. Is that Dewey Sausage? <laughs> Were you proud of wait, wait. wait, was that the lunch lady laughing, or is that you as was... the lunch lady laughing at yourself? Uh, all right, so that was me that. laughing at the lunch lady. You could <laughs> hear us so... both. I'm still on mic, Squeezer. Be professional. Oh, sorry, Jesus sorry. Christ. Oh, well, you all just stopped the bickering. I don't like it. I don't like it. I was just saying how Squeezer would come back, and he'd do the Macarena, and he'd get the moves wrong, so I'd get behind him and move his hands for him. You know, just to show him how to do the moves right. And move his hips and move. Gyrate back and forth. You know, wherever our hands went, it didn't matter. We let the music tell the story. Remember that, oh. Squeezer? N- n- no. Remember when you added your andouille sausage to my Cajun gumbo? Oh. Oh. No. Hold on, someone else is here. Hello, uh, can I? Oh no! Can I you? Yes, Sanders. I am the Reverend Paul, and I am appalled at what is going on here on the Red Years Satan Worshipping Podcast Squeezer. Were you a young boy partaking in sodomy with this fat old lunch lady? Answer the man. Oh, uh, no. You are a lying sinner, and just like that other sodomite on your show, RK. Ugh, you know That's he was true. carving holes in his lunch. Or no, he was carving holes in his Vince McMahon wrestling buddies and doing God knows what with them in the privacy of his teensy little bedroom. Yes, I played the fifth on that. (laughs) Well, I just decided to be the voice of God on this heathen godless show, finally, Squeezer, and I just wanted to say I'm appalled at you and Satan's grasp on your tiny little and Dewey sausage is going to last forever until you repent and send a check written out to cash for $500 or more to my church, Squeezer. That's the only way you're ever going to see the love of God and feel his light again. Man, he's kind of like the American Dream Dusted Rhodes, baby. <laughs> baby, if I was a televangelist, baby, you'd never, you'd give every dollar you had. I'd have ever polka dot. My whole house would be covered in polka dots because I'd be living loud. Just the second most recognizable athlete in the world. I really, <laughs> I, all our subscribers who are like, I'm kind of enjoying the ride years this summer. They're not doing any bad impressions anymore. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Aha! Uh-huh. Uh, you know what? Dusty was kind of like a televangelist, you know? He was, he was. Baby, please, that was his brother love. He was the man to televangelist. I taught him everything I know. Um, Squeeze, you like uh, Reverend DePaul? Who's appalled? Uh, <laughs> I don't like that he makes it feel like it's my fault. You should have 
Control your urges for food squeezer. Gluttony free. is one of the seven deadliest sins. And I'm just um, trying to save you from Satan's grasp. You don't want to see me next week. <laughs> the poutine squeezer is the sauce of the devil. That's not gravy on there. That's Satan's man. Well then... I'm not going to go any further on that one. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Well, I just, you know I, I stood uh, uh, like attention, like when raising the flag, I, I stopped all my work that I was doing today on the set and, and watched them raise the poutine banner. You don't think a, they sent me the videos American and flag. pictures of it? What's that? You don't think they sent me videos and pictures of you doing that? <laughs> oh, I knew it was, I knew. I took pictures and sent them. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, Davey, Davey we'll, did a good job. We'll write some stuff. You, I'm gonna have to get you a script for this. Not like a word for word script, but I'm gonna have to get you some talking points. Yeah, give me some. Yeah, give me some talking points. Yeah, we'll I, I can, I can, I can riff. No, no, riffing would be if I didn't give you talking points. Off of talking points. <laughs> okay. All right. Where are we? What pick are we on? We're talking Macarena. Is it my turn? Oh yeah, God! It's turn. only my second pick. Good God. Uh, here's my second pick. You like to hear? Here it goes. Gotta load it first. Here it is. of Ron Harper means that Michael Jordan now does not have to work as hard in defending Gary Payton. Also, the ball... There will never, I don't care what any of the kids say, Squeezer, there will never be another team in the history of sports like the 96 Chicago Bulls. No. Oh, sorry, I had to burp there. Their record was 72-10, and 10, Squeezer, for the season. They lost 10 games. <laughs> 10 games. Their season single season record was broken in the 15-16 season by the Golden State Warriors. They were 73 and 9. Doesn't matter. They didn't have the competition. The amount of good players in the league in 90-96 was not the same as 15-16. So I digress, sir. They um, defeated the Seattle SuperSonics 4-2 in the NBA Finals to win it all. Um, Man, what a what a season. 
Michael Jordan, man. All right. Well, we lost. I lost. You didn't. It's not when we squeezed her. I lost power there. And I, I, I just, my computer went down. And uh, we're back. Uh, sorry on YouTube. There's two parts now. And this show will not be up till later this afternoon because I can't post it tonight now because I fucked the shit up. Anyway, we're talking Michael Jordan. And I lost all my, my Wikipedia. Oh, all your little tabs. Yeah. That's the worst. Uh, I was going to read you stats you could read yourself off Wikipedia, but now I'm going <laughs> to. Um, I don't know. Do you remember this, this summer, the spring? I kind of do because I was not, I, I was not, am not, never really was a basketball fan. With the exception of, um, uh, the dream team, the like, the Bulls of this era, and uh, a little like AI when it was cool to like the Sixers for a minute. So I was the biggest basketball fan up until probably 2010 is when I just stopped watching it so much. Um, I all through the 90s I loved basketball. I loved baseball. I loved every sport, but ho- I never got into hockey. That was the only one I never got no, into. Honestly, yeah, hockey was my deal. Um, but, uh, I loved basketball, ba- NBA in the nineties was fucking awesome. Michael Jordan was so much fun and I just love players. I love, you know, the Sixers suck. So I loved, you know, um, Charles Barkley. I liked Shaq. I liked fucking Michael Jordan. I liked Penny Hardaway. I liked Dennis Rodman. I like Michael, um, um, uh, um, fuck David Robinson, David Robinson. I like so I like the Spurs, and I like it. I like when he got when De- when Dennis Rodman got traded to the Bulls. I had like the '91 Dennis Rodman jersey. I had I had the fucking Jordan '11 sneakers. I wore like the fucking bullshit to school every day. I was so obsessed. This like leading up to this <laughs> series, um, it was really. I was trying to find the date of this final game. June sixteenth, so it technically wasn't the summer, but I counted as social summer. It, we were out of school, so it was the summer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think summer is like summer is definitely like June, very start, but like even like some of May is in there. And when it starts to get warm enough, you can do shit outside. It's summer. So this was after like Michael Jordan's like crazy. Uh, breakdown where he retired, played baseball, <laughs> came back, rode to, the bus, rode the bus. Jordan rides the bus. His father died. Uh, he made Space Jam, and then he decided to come back. I really think he he played baseball just to do something. He had the, he he couldn't play basketball while they did Space Jam, so he played baseball to kill the time until he came back. Um. And then he won the, another NBA championship on Father's Day, uh, June sixteenth, uh, after his the year after his father died, and um, yeah, he he collapsed crying, and uh, uh, the, of course the Bulls' victory was partly due to fucking power forward Dennis Rodman was insane. He played at, like. It was uh, he did not give a shit about scoring a point. It was just fucking getting rebounds and feeding it back to players to fucking score. Mm-hmm. 
19 rebounds wow. in game two. Which is crazy because when you look at the guy, you you see someone that it's wants a selfish the attention asshole, yeah. and the spotlight. Right. But he knew his role. Yeah. And that's why Jordan said, I want him on my team. Mm-hmm. Jordan handpicked him. Yeah, he wasn't worried about anyone taking the spotlight from him. He did not care. He he wanted to win. Um, yeah, that's uh, that was a fun year. And liking the Bulls, I don't care if you were considered bandwagon. It was fucking fun. Oh, I I was as bandwagon as it. That's what kids came. do. Was, they jump on the bandwagon yeah, like the winning teams. Fine. It's fun. And but and that's how you pick a team. Yeah, I mean that's, that's how not how eventually... I picked an NFL team, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it didn't end up so well for me. Yeah, you were you, me too. I picked them because of watching videos of the purple people leaders and Fran Tarkenton, and then they, did, you know, and you picked them because of Dan Marino. And yeah. yeah. All right, here is Squeezer. <laughs> and barbecue. What in the world? Oh, I thought I told him to pick these up. A good soldier never leaves a man behind. Ah, uh, you thought I was gonna go with the Beavis and Butthead clip. I no, I just I just said Beavis oh. and Butthead. But yeah. Well, because I was very specific in, in my my statement, you're like, oh, Pyro. I'm like, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> it is just being a pyro. But yeah, I think 96, I mean, there was earlier, I want to say it was around 96, where I truly discovered myself. Uh, you know, just me and a couple friends in the woods. You did it with friends? Um, Man, what's I that? did it alone in my bedroom. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's dangerous, man. You can start your bed on fire. Uh, we're talking about something else. Yeah, yeah we're talking about burning shit. Uh, but we built this, so... It, I burned a lot of shit. So it was that summer, like, we were, uh, we had previously done a video for, uh, school, it was, uh, Chinese Inventions was a video that we had to do. Um, everyone had a, a project arts with Chinese Inventions, and I believe if you saw it today... Actually, probably if you saw it in like 95, 96, you would deem it as extremely insensitive, dare I say borderline racist. Um, but you didn't know any better back then. You know, it's, uh, that's uh, Looney Tunes taught us that it was okay to talk like that and just assume things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, but so, you know, we, we did an entire video for school of blowing up little army men, G.I. Joes, burning them, rockets, all that stuff. And we realized, wow, this is a lot of fun. So we kept with it. And we went down in the woods. There's a, a, a dead end uh, in one of our neighborhoods that basically there, where the, the city line is, where you go from uh, my town in Whitehall into Allentown uh, proper. And mm-hmm. it, there's weird borders especially like with school districts and stuff like some it's the creek others oh no it's this street it, it's very awkward but we would go there and and take this little shortcut and then back into the woods 
And the woods are connected to, like, there's a stream there, there's a creek, and there's uh, a park that's further down. Uh, there's a bridge where there's, like, a BMX ramp that some kids built, and it was super sick. Uh, I never went on it because I was too scared, but it was awesome ramp under the bridge. Hmm. Um, that's where the homeless woman burned to death. Ah, right. Yeah, one no, winter. that's yeah. what it's known for. Oh, yeah. Also, when uh, kids stole my bike from at my birthday party, and they ran away. They threw the bike over the bridge and then jumped into the creek to get away. It is a really high bridge. So more power to them for because my dad and my uncle were chasing them. Like, what were you going to do? Um, anywho, we discovered not, not the good ones. Not the high-quality, thicker, well-trimmed army men um, that you would... That you never actually got. They were always like the army men hand-me-downs um, that were of like a higher quality plastic. Mm-hmm. I'm talking the cheapest, pressed out of the mold and dumped into the bucket or bag and put on the dollar store shelf. Or uh, a grocery all, store. Is a or good a grocery place, yeah. store. So like all, like the mold is clearly never completely shut. So you have all the little tabs oh, that's and bleed the best. out and stuff. To chew those off with your teeth. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, and you, you stick them in between your teeth and use it like as a little like toothpick kind of thing. <laughs> I'm not alone in that? No, no. Oh, thank God. Um, oh, weird. So they burn miraculously. All that um, petrochemical off... in it. What's that? All those petrochemicals in them. Petrol, yeah, it's basically pure oil. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like burning a baby seal. And... It's just this black <laughs> pitch, and the way it flares up, and the sounds that it makes are are, are horrifying. They like make like a a sizzling, whistling sound. Uh, but the coolest you get one, a my buddy too got. Excited. You're gonna uh, have to just ramp it down a bit, squeezer, before you know FBI comes knocking at our door. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was a long time ago. I don't do this anymore. Honestly, even if I did, I'm just I'm too tired. Even if I wanted to, why why, why did I go burn army men when I can just go? Sit and watch wood burn in a fire. Okay, you're right. Also, I'm much more conscious now of what I of the chemicals that I burn around me. You know? All right. Well, okay. Yeah, yeah. I believe you. For the most part. For the most part. Um, but it, this big plane, and it was one of those things where it's like you bought the plane and the army men and all the little vehicles were inside. Sure. And the whole thing was probably like seven bucks. Right. Um, because it was still that cheap plastic, whatever. Uh. And we're like, well, let's see what happens if we just light the plane on fire. And all it took was one. Ma- and I'm saying you shouldn't play with matches, kids. All right. It's dangerous. Don't play with matches, especially out in the woods where you can start a forest fire. Something, something smoky the bear. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Not a good idea. This was things you did in the 90s when it was OK. Now it's not anymore. Um. The only people that said it wasn't okay back then were news reporters. Um, so we lit this wing on fire. It took one match. All of a sudden, it just burst in the flames. And then we, what we realized was the plastic would melt and drip. So then what we could do is set up a whole little field of army men on this big rock. And you'd fly the plane over with the wing in a roar, like a torch, like Indy going like into the, into the snake pits. Um, or oh, like with the rats, snakes. this torch and just dripping plastic, and it made this horrific, vut, vut, 
vroom sound as it fell. And the second it hit anything, it just it, it just instant flame, instant just if it hit like an army man, just instant started to melt them and burst into flames. It would stick to the rock and like meld into it. And if it hit human flesh, it was the worst pain you've ever felt. Mm-hmm. It was very hot. Um, and then, yeah, eventually that wing burned off. You know, we had to, you know, smolder it out. And then, then we lit the other wing on fire and then, you know, burned the entire uh, uh, carcass. Uh, the uh, What do you call it? The tube, the uh, cockpit, and uh, you know, the plane part. Uh, burn that you're like the well. Native American with the buffalo. Yes, we used we, all the yes, parts. We used all the parts <laughs> of the little army men plane. Uh, yeah, fond memories of burning that. And then we ran out of army men to burn, so we just went around in the woods where we're at and decided to clean it up and uh, collected all the glass bottles um, that were uh, left in the woods there, beer bottles, soda bottles, whatever, because uh, people were littering. And then we smashed them all on that said rock. So, uh, yeah. Right. Not only was it just covered in molted burned plastic, but now it had shattered glass all over it. But we used a car door and some screen windows that we found in the woods to make like a, like a, a little cage, like Blues Brothers, mm-hmm. or like uh, or like you know how they they have that axe throwing. See, we were ahead of the game. Now they have that axe throwing shit mm. that's everywhere. Yeah. It, it's only a matter of time where they're just gonna have bottle chucking. And it's going to be the same thing, only you just throw glass bottles at things. That'd be, I'd be, I mean, that I'll was tell our... you what, when we open up our, our multi-bar at the, in the White Hall Mall, yeah. I think that should be one of our, and everyone's going to want to, oh, we should, well, hey, you, you remember axe-throwing place. You remember my house, uh, Squeezer, my house on uh, Birch Avenue, we had one of those uh, glass oh, places right, in our the, basement. The corner. Yeah, we had the wall where we'd throw the bottles. So yeah, we had, we had I, this I remember, trick. Was, I remember smashed a big grape vodka bottle down there. Yep. We had this trick where we drank this shitty beer called Lion's Head, and the bottles were, like, really cheap. Oh, God. So you'd fill an empty bottle, like, halfway with water, and then you grip the neck, and you smack the top, and it usually knocked the bottom out. And then you could hit each other with the bottle, and it wouldn't really do much <laughs> damage, but it'd break. <laughs> And then we had the wall down in the basement where we just whip bottles at and smash yep. them. Yeah. It's very dangerous. I remember coming downstairs and, and my roommate, Tommy, the same one who I watched The Rock with uh, all the, and did The Rock lines and almost got killed with. He was downstairs. We were having a Christmas party. And most people were gone. And I went downstairs. And he's by himself. There's no one else on there. And he's eating the Christmas lights. <laughs> and he bites one. And he goes, the snozzberries taste like snozzberries. There's no one else down there. He's not showing off for anybody. No shtick. No shtick. It's real life. Eating the the Christmas lights. So yeah, we we technically should patent that. I was I had that in the house. The glass throwing. All right. It's hmm. It's very therapeutic. Mm, It is. I loved it. Yeah. We had a lot of fun with it. Fucking bottle kids. Fucking bottle kids. Shit, the bottle kids. I like when they hit fucking Philadelphia Collins and he's like, <laughs> All right, are we moving on? Yeah. Here's my next pick. 
Enjoying I Love Lucy? Well, I'm sorry, that was the last one. <laughs> Just kidding. Another classic episode is coming right up. I had you go in there for a second, though, didn't I? Ah, <laughs> uh, the fly from the, the Nick at Night summer block party. And mine, I remember, from 96. I mean, watch fucking, there's so many shows we watched that were so old and shitty, but it was Nick and I, it was Cable, Squeezer. So I got a Tuesday, August, um, let's see, 4th, 5th, 6th, Tuesday, August 6th uh, lineup here. Ready for the late night lineup, our options? Oh, yes. So midnight, uh, late the late show going to 1230, which is starting the late, late show. At 2 o'clock, Top Cops. Whatever the fuck that is. 2.30 up to the minute. Uh, I guess that was a movie. Um, then on NBC, they had Late Night with Conan uh, after The Tonight Show. Uh, Kinnear, News at 2 in the morning. <laughs> paid programming. Um, Fox was doing Current Affair, then Paid Programming came on right at 12.30. Then Limbaugh came on at 3 in the morning. That makes sense. Three's Company at 3.30, Wonder Woman at 4, Mr. Belvedere at 4.30, uh, Back to Current Affair at 5, and 5.30 started Good Day. Uh, 6, ABC did Runaway Heart uh, was playing. Then at 2 a.m., Rosie O'Donnell. Uh, 3.30, World News Now. Squeezer, Channel 7. Went, uh, no, no, we want to go to 9, W-O-O-R in New York. Baywatch was playing until 1 a.m., then Wanted, Dear John, then Paid Programming. Uh, WPIX, New York's movie station, had Murphy Brown at 12, Coach at 12.30, Honeymooners at 1, News at 1.30, Northern Exposure at 2.30, and the, some movie called The Ambassador from 1984 at 3.30 in the morning, and then Flintstones mm. at 5.30. Uh, PBS was playing Roger and Me. Started at 11 and ended at 1. It was a good movie. Ooh, that's a Donald Pleasant's Rock Hudson vehicle. Roger and Me? No, The Ambassador. Uh, Roger and Me was the uh, Michael Moore movie. About the uh, yeah. plant shutting down in Flint, Michigan. Uh, 17 had Top Cops 2, then Paid Programming. Then they had Dog Day Afternoon, Al Pacino. Hoo-ha! At two, a, it was a different movie, but two two a.m. <laughs> um, Channel twenty two, whatever that was, had Jenny Jones after the Late Show, and then they had the Late Late Show at one thirty. Uh, Fox twenty nine Squeezer had Mash at twelve, yeah. Dear John at twelve thirty, paid programming, and then they went into Three's Company, Night Court, uh, What's Happening, Gordon Elliott. Uh, 44 at Charlie Rose and My Man Godfrey, then off air. Philly 57 had Star Trek Next Generation, uh, then Pay Programming, and then Northern Exposure, Honeymooners. Um, they had I Love Lucy, Happy Days. So that was 5057. I, we didn't get, I used to get Philly 57 on this little portable television I watch on. I watch Sonic cartoons on it. Because it wasn't on cable at first. It wasn't until like mid-90s it joined cable. Mm. Uh, WFMZ 69, our local station, of course, was airing The 700 Club, then Pat Robinson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they did News mm-hmm. at 1, and they're off air. A&E had Biography, then Cracker Best Boys. Uh, 3 a.m., they had Law and & Order. 
AMC, heaven knows, Mr. Allison, in name only. Like, what the fuck? CNBC had Rivera Live, Charles Grodin. <laughs> CNN had news something, news tonight, showbiz, politics, sports. Larry King Live came on at 2. Uh, he'd make sense. He'd be live at 2. Uh, Comedy Central had Kids in the Hall at midnight. Dream On at 1230. Uh, Politically Incorrect at 1. Daily, I don't think Daily Show was out. It might have been Daily Show. Yeah, Daily Show might have been going then at, uh, with uh, Craig Kilborn. Uh, that was, okay. yeah. Yeah, at 1.30. Uh, Margaret, Tro was, Margaret Cho was at 12. Uh, One Night Stand was at 2.30. The A-List, so I was probably watching Comedy Central, to be honest, if Kids in the Hall was at 12.30. Uh, Discovery had a bunch of shit I definitely wasn't watching. Uh, Disney, I'm sorry. Uh, Discovery also a bunch of shit I wasn't watching. E Channel had Melrose Place, Gossip. Oh, I know what I was watching. After WKRP, Howard Stern came on. That's what I was watching. Like two in the morning, I always watch Howard Stern. Uh, ESPN had baseball, then beach volleyball, NBA, Sports Center. Uh, Family Channel had Bonanza, then paid program. They always had the 700 Club late at night. And then, uh, FX had Rawhide and Living Color and Living Color, then paid programming. History had Hiroshima decision slash bomb. Oh, it's close to the Hiroshima, right? Right now. Uh, yes. Was it the sixth? August sixth, nineteen forty-five. Yeah, sixth and the ninth. So it was the sixth. So we're that's that's the date I'm going off of. So they're showing, huh? That's sad. That was on History Channel, and yeah. then oh, uh, that's what I would have been watching. Rain of back in 1996. Yeah, oh, I was obsessed with that shit. Lifetime had mysteries, late night nurses, thirty something, blah blah blah. MTV had Alternative Nation, which I loved. Uh, when I was able to watch it, MTV Dreamtime, Beavis and Butthead, Singled Out. Ooh, if it was three thirty, I was still up. Singled Out was coming on, and I was doing naughty things, Squeezer. Uh, I mean, we both were. Right. You, you were, were just you were doing it to watching Hiroshima. MTV, and I was watching History Channel. Right. Uh, Nickelodeon, uh, of course. What we're talking about had uh, Van Dyke Show, Newhart, Phyllis, whatever that is, Lucy. Taxi, um, what's MTM? Uh, Nick Mary Knight? Tyler, Mary Tyler Moore. Oh, yeah. um, SC had what's SC? It wasn't sci fi. SC had WCW Prime, uh, science fiction, sci fi channel had Quantum Leap, then She Wolf of London, Ooh, then Friday the 13th, I think the show. That's pretty dope. I might have been watching. I might have been. This, this is how I spent my summers. Uh, TBS had uh, Marlowe, the movie, then Endangered Species, another movie. TLC had History of Rock and Roll. TNT had Vice Squad, a movie from 82. Hardcore, a movie from 79. And The Pusher, a movie from 60s. TV Land was out at this point. I didn't realize TV Land started back then. 
They had Gunsmoke, White Shadow, Hero, Silvers, Green Acres, Mr. Ed, Petticoat Junction, That Girl, and White Shadow. Oh, I watched so much of that. And then USA to round it out. Big Date, Love Connection, Knight Rider. Then they did Boxing and then American Gladiators at 4 in the morning. Ooh. That was late night, Tuesday night when we were growing up, August 4th, 1996. Hmm. Friday might have been a better night as far as, like, programming. But Friday and Saturday? Yeah. Uh, but that was Tuesday and the Wednesday. Now we're going to go to your next pick, Squeezer. Oh. oh. If you get that piece of crap, the first thing I want to be done is to get that piece of crap out of my ring. Don't just get him out of the ring. Get him out of the WWF. Because I proved, son, without a shadow of a doubt, you ain't got what it takes anymore. You sit there and you thump your Bible and you say your prayers and it didn't get you anywhere. Talk about your Psalms, talk about John 3.16. Austin 3.16 says I just whipped your ass. Come on, that's not necessary. All he's gotta do is go buy him a cheap bottle of Thunderbird and try to dig back some of that courage he had in his prime. As the king of the ring, I'm serving notice to every one of the WWF superstars. I don't give a damn what they are. They're all on the list, and that's Stone Cold's list, and I'm fixing to start running through all of them. As far as this championship match is considered, son, I don't give a damn if it's Davey Boy Smith or Shawn Michaels. Steve Austin's time has come. And when I get the shots, you're looking at the next WWF champion. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. <laughs> what a promo. Mm -hmm. That uh, single-handedly, not single-handed, it, it, that and Shawn Michaels having the uh, attitude. I mean, it, without this promo, I don't, the attitude era doesn't happen. Austin doesn't happen. Well, there's a lot that led up to it. I know we tried to pinpoint to the it. one thing to it. The Montreal Screwjob, this promo, uh, then finally I, I, NWO and the, the Monday Night War. Yeah. There was a lot. That well, th I mean, th this was this was pre-Screwjob. I, I know it was pre-Screwjob. Screwjob <laughs> wouldn't happen for another year and, like, three months. Change, but. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, but it created it some of the best matches between Austin and oh. and Bret Hart ever. So I, I when I started rewatching, this is where I started. I started like a month. I started like May of '96, and I know Austin caught a lot of shit for you know the whole <clears throat> punch, kick, stomp, stunner thing of old. That's because he was so hurt. He had a broken neck. He was destroyed by, you know, 98, 99. He could barely walk. Um, but some of the matches that he put on with Brett and Owen, um, and, and it, it was amazing because you listen to this promo, and look, I, I, I know you love Brett and stuff, but when they would cut their promos, and there was a reason that they naturally, like, 
Austin eventually worked his way face and and heart to the heels. His, his home his promos, Bret Hart's promos just came off as like whiny, right? And like calling him a Bret jackal. Hart, yeah, like oh, he's calling him a jackal. Like uh, all right, but you listen to this, and and this was Austin half off the cuff. So the original plan was for the line, the the big line that they'd worked out is, um, was the, and that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. That was going to be the T-shirt. Um, it was and what a T-shirt. Happened, what's up? It was a T-shirt. Yeah. But that that was it. That was the big one. That was what they planned on, and then uh, a bunch of stuff happened. Like Austin wasn't supposed to be king of the ring, and then you had the curtain call. So then Triple H took the back seat. So Austin was gonna get uh, the nod for king of the ring, and then he had to wrestle a match with Mark Marrow as an eliminator to open up the night. And got his lip busted open. Had to go to the hospital. Well, while he's at the hospital. That's where uh, Jake Snake uh, cuts his uh, John 316 promo. Austin gets back. Dude, dude, dude is there getting him out of the ambulance and just catches him up. Hey, this is what you missed. No, uh, come on. Did... What? You're not going to bring in fucking a free bird and not let me talk about how he told him getting off the bus. Oh, okay. Sorry. Michael Hayes comes to Austin, gets him off the, gets him out of the hospital and says, "Well, hell. You just came back and missed the doot 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 there uh Jake the Snake. He just cut a promo talking about the good old Bible and John 3:16 doot doot doot. I think you should go out there with a jacket with spoons, forks and knives <laughs> on it and you should cut your own promo. I got an idea." You'll be the next champion of the United States. Doop, doop, doop. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Well, hell. <laughs> um, but it was at that moment, he's like, oh, John. Uh, he just, like, the Austin 316 thing just kind of popped in his head and worked it a couple times while he was uh, walking out to the ring, basically, and then they quit... The match was a quick squash. Gorilla comes out and puts an end to it because Austin starts beating on the man's ribs. And then he cuts that promo. And he even said, he's like, he, he, was, he was two for two with two grand slams in one promo. Well, you forget like, how he was still being booed back then. The cheer. Oh, he was still. Because he was yeah, still a fucking heel. Huge heel. Mm. And then was it, then it was the next Royal Rumble where he did where he cleaned house and was sitting there looking at his watch. Yeah. And that's <clears throat> that's where it's it really started to turn cuz this this was a real heel promo. Yeah. It was mean. Yep. And cuz the whole time he's cutting it Jake the Snake is being helped to the back and he's selling it so well. You want to talk about like just talk about putting a guy over. Oh, yeah, Jake was all for it. And he was, uh, he was for all it. for it. He was fantastic. Gotta you got to give him a, uh, a, a ton of credit, too. Yeah, uh, I, and cause, you I know, always, that, that I, guy, he loves to talk about ring psychology. Ring psychology. You whisper, you bring him in, and then you get him with the snake bite. 
I'll, I'll always credit Jake uh, Roberts for telling the truth on Joe Rogan about Allentown being where you got your steroids. <laughs> <laughs> that that was a great show. I remember I listened to that one, listened to him going up to Penn State for, uh, I think I was going to do a football game up there. Uh, and that's when he was talking about driving Andre in the van. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you go to Allentown, Pennsylvania to get your steroids. <laughs> like That's what my dad always said. Hey, man, that's where Vincent Man read the steroid episode. <sighs> Literally right. Th- I was just there today. The Home Depot. Did you get a cheesesteak? I did not get a cheesesteak. Mm. I mean, I did for dinner, but not from there. <laughs> um, All right. What else you got on Austin 316? Uh, it was just uh, it was a huge. Uh, like, it was. Massive impactful event, blah blah blah. Something, so yeah, I'm good. You know, right. I don't have to. It was big. It was epic. Go back and if you're gonna want to rewatch like that era, uh, start around there. Or you start from the beginning. There you go. go ahead. Yeah, start from the beginning. I I start you because you'd be about there now. I'm in the fall in '98, so. Slowly but surely, just chugging along. All right, here's my next pick. Time for some special rainbow magic. Just the Olympic Games. Hi, to make a special Olympic edition Lucky Charms. Look! With six new Olympic Games marshmallows. Captain Lucky Charms! Yikes! With marshmallow stars and rainbows in red, white, and blue. Marshmallow medallions and an Olympic torch, too. It's Lucky Charms with Olympic Games marshmallows. <laughs> Catch them if you can. A special part of this complete breakfast for a limited time only. It's new Olympic edition Lucky Charms. Uh, you know what made me want to pick something of the 96 Olympics, Squeezer? Uh, who's on the box with Lucky? Who's in the commercial with Lucky? Just Google 96 Olympic mascot. Oh, yeah, the 96 Olympic mascot. What's uh, What the hell is his name? <laughs> Springy. Mm-mm. Google it. Oh, Izzy. Izzy. I've yelled this name about 400 times in the last five shows. <laughs> Izzy, Izzy. Get off, Izzy. Izzy. Wait, Izzy. Get is off is my... he really named after an Olympic mascot? It, well, she's a she, and no, she? she was named that way. We got her from the shelter. Okay. Um, she's a rescue. And Izzy is the mas- official mascot of the 96 Olympics. He's a weirdo. Uh, yes. I, re- I remember when this came out, too. Especially his, were... his portrait. He's posing with Newt Gingrich. You couldn't get so- anyone better than Newt Gingrich to pose <laughs> initially it was called what is it like what is it yeah uh, it's shortened to izzy uh. yeah I, I remember people being all pissed off over it being but because that's where springy came from oh was it the from simpsons oh yeah yeah izzy was referenced in the old man and sea student an episode of simpsons it was not. Oh no, no, it's not where Springy came from. It was not referred to as Izzy though, rather than being referred to as the land, the Atlanta. What's it? So it wasn't Springy. Oh no, not Springy, but like the the joke of Springy. Well, they also they also made the joke straight up on the 
on the old man and sea student. Lisa writes a letter to the International Olympic Committee to decide Springfield will be the home of the next Olympics. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, Homer creates Springy. Yeah. No, you're right. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, you're right. I don't right. mind being right. You don't have to apologize for me. I was confusing. I thought Springy was fun when he got the thing of springs, right? Yeah. I don't know. The, uh, you know, he says in the commercial, six new marshmallows. Three of them were stars that were red, white, and blue. Another was, a, uh, you know, they had the rainbow marshmallow. They just colored it red, white, and blue. Then it was a torch, Olympic torch, and an Olympic medallion, which was just an orange circle with a, a yellow star in it. But we had these because I love my Lucky Charms. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, these didn't blow up like the 96 Olympics, but they still made a dent. Too soon? Oh, sorry. I squeezered you. <clears throat> Go. You got to edit. And anyway. it was a real squeezer like joke too. Oh, so I was. Really I said was these waiting. didn't blow up like the '96 Olympics. Oh, jeez, come <laughs> on! But I'm they sorry. sure made a dent. <coughs> okay, that was that was that was a jewel of a joke. Yeah, <laughs> I knew. I was ready for the Richard Jewel joke. <laughs> Somewhere that fat ass is sitting. He's dead, right? Yeah, he died. Yeah, I was going to say, Diabetes. somewhere somewhere in hell, that fat ass is sitting and crying. He saved people's lives. Did he? Or was he part of the bombing? No, it was uh, the fucking uh, that crazy know. asshole that was on the FBI's top ten. Eric What's Rudolph. Uh, Eric Rudolph, yeah. 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 It was funny, too, because back... Not that you, that movie is so sad. That was so sad. I never saw it. Is it? Like, it's good. I, I, you truly feel bad. Bad yeah. for that guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's take this in a different direction. Here's your last pick. <laughs> That's it. I'm waiting to make my entrance for the Price is Right 25th anniversary special. Stick around. It's a special. It's very special. Sounds like the the not the Jack in the Box, but whatever that is from Rudolph in the Land of Misfit Toys. <laughs> I'm a Simon in a box. Uh, oh, and it's not the last time I I watched most of the show, and even in the first like two minutes, I I don't know what. Rod was drinking, but his voice was cracking left and right. Yeah, he was excited to be there. You know, it, it was a primetime show. He's usually, he's just a Charlie. It's a Charlie yeah, be, in the he, box. <laughs> he'd be in bed by now. All right. <laughs> um, I mean, not that it was live, but and also not that it was even, uh, taped at the. It was wow, probably he died in two thousand three already. Mm -hmm. Wow, I feel now I feel old. Bob Barker's still alive. Yeah. Rod Roddy was sixty only sixty six. Huh. Would he die of gr grief from shilling garbage? 
Uh, illness and oh no, he had colon cancer. Bob Barker is ninety-eight fucking years old. No way. Yeah, he turns Man, ninety-nine so- in December. Talk about a guy who was able to take all. Any time a skeleton started to poke out of that closet, he stuffed it back in there. Right. Affairs, ha. Uh, <laughs> allegations, ha. This is the first video that pops up. Is Bob Barker still alive? A uh, question mark. <laughs> and then in parentheses, it says not for long. <laughs> oh my God. It's so wrong. Man. Um. Price is wrong, bitch. Wow. His wife died in 1981. Yeah, she died, air quotes. Oh, gotcha. I don't know. I But still, think about that. Shit, that over more more than my lifetime. Mm-hmm. More than yours. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, this was a this was a big deal in my not my family per se, but my grandmother and me. I liked watching. I would always go over and you know, I was were... I watched Price is Right and I liked it, um, but it was like strictly a sick day show. I did not fucks with it. Um, if I was home, it was at, at eleven o'clock. I w- I was on. Um. Which, of course, meant it was a sick day show. meant I was home. But, you know, like, throughout the summer, it was still... They still aired. And a lot of times... I wasn't waking up for Price is Right. What's that? I wasn't waking up for Price is Right. Oh, at 11 o'clock? Yeah. No, let's not judge. All right? That was very judgmental. (laughs) I still don't wake up. If I I don't have to, I'm still not getting up by 11 o'clock. Good morning, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, fuck off. Yeah, yeah, fuck It's off. afternoon. Sure. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. No. Um, Have you noticed I've been getting in earlier every day? Are you trying to trick everyone? No, Izzy won't fucking let me sleep. <laughs> Little fucking Olympic mascot. Uh, welcome to my world. When you're like, oh, why don't you just sleep in? Because I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Little monsters rubbing their rubbing their butts in your face. Yeah, but it's not illegal to euthanize your cat. <laughs> I would never. I love her. I could never. <laughs> Aww. Aww. Well, she hmm. could wake me up any day. She's a sweetheart. But uh, literally, when when a child is wiggling their butt in your face, giggling at you know <laughs> six o'clock in the morning, yeah, it's. You know, you kind of got to take pride in it because you know you made it. Yeah, good. Yeah, you know, I gotta say, good job. You know, just way to, me just literally shove your ass in my face and make a mockery of me just going to bed four hours earlier. Um, but yeah, this this was a prime time special. It aired in uh, August of '96. I don't know when it was recorded. It was recorded earlier, um, because it's. It's not like, oh, no, it's the 25th anniversary. We have to... No, it's TV. You do it when you do it. It was only actually a half-hour show that was recorded because then the other half-hour was mixed in of previous footage. Uh, so, you know, they did a quick, like, wraparound. Like, they, they, they shot one show mm-hmm. and then quick just threw up the 25th anniversary sign and then, boom, went again for a half-hour 
quick show. And they, they jacked up some of the prizes that they had there. Like Plinko went from five grand to ten grand. Uh, because it's the twenty fifth, it was special. They gave away like a Jeep. It was a big deal. Hmm. Uh, but it, 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 it's it's funny because it's stuff that they did then. Like, oh, this is our special thing. Like, it's ten grand now. Now it's like, well, yeah, of course it is. Because you you, you kind of make it worth something now uh, to play. Because you know, the, the price is right stays up on the inflation. It's not like video game prices. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this was a big deal. I was at my my grandparents, I watched it with my Grammy, you know, because it was like our thing. You know, if I was there at her house, you know, during the day and they were watching us at 11 o'clock, like clockwork, we were watching Price, right? And then her stories came on and I would sit there and uh, watch her stories with her um, and eat sandwiches. Lots and lots of sandwiches. Well, um, I mean, I know another old lady that I ate sandwiches with. Don't do it. I won't. I'll, I. They've had enough of bad impressions for the day. They heard a new, <laughs> a new character. We're workshopping, so we'll leave it at that. It's yeah. Late. So I don't, I don't know if it was uh, set up that I could go there uh, for the evening to watch it, or we just happened to be over there. But I remember being there watching the 25th anniversary special, and oh, she was uh, elated on Cloud Nine because they played all the old clips and stuff, and. Um, it was cute because she would always, whenever any of those uh, like uh, those CD commercials would come on, mm-hmm. uh, like like the fifties, like the fifties ones, or like the doo-wop shit, or any of the 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 time life stuff from like the forties and the fifties, she would just start bawling. Oh, well, that's yeah. It's like awkward. like, but not in like a sad way. Like like oh. I Remember that song? Like us, we get so overwhelmed with our nostalgia and our pop culture, and like our, like our childhood is literally regurgitated and sold back to us well, ad nauseum. We're the ones regurgitating it and not selling it, but giving it back to people. So I mean, we, we or or selling it, yeah, you know. We I mean, should sell it, but we would never. I mean, I, our our show. Yeah. Of course, but I mean, there's an entire market out there. Oh yeah, of I mean, reselling our childhood I, I, to us. I mean, what the fuck do you think I'm doing with Camp Asians? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, good point. Um, but with, like with her, like that's not really a thing. Like, cause there, I mean, how many like hoops and sticks and uh, I don't know what else would they play with back then? Potatoes, <laughs> you know. Oh, I had a hoop and a stick. <laughs> oh, was, I had a hoop and a stick. Um, a peach basket and a softball. So right. whatever, whatever, you, whatever you uh, played basketball with before basketballs were invented. Mm. Um, but yeah, so yeah, we would sit there and she would she would get all weepy from at at old. What's your pick? What are you talking Price about? Right. Oh, Price is Right. All right. <laughs> yeah, Price is Right. <clears throat> and Time Life uh, commercials that came on during it. Gotcha. All right. Should we finish this show? Let's finish that. Let's let's put a nail in this horse, or whatever they say. This is war. And the enemy? Those new M&M's minis? Bingo. It's time to let them know who's boss. The president? No, us. Oh. Now go up there and get that tube. Hurry up. Hey, look. Listen up, you little... Uh-oh. Tons of chocolate candy packed in colorful tubes. New M&M's minis. They're headed your way. So, how are you at apologies? We are so sorry. 
1996, gave us M&M's Minis. And when I picked these squeezer, oh. I thought I'd have more for you. <laughs> <laughs> but all I have is in 1996, Mars introduced M&M's Minis, smaller versions sold in plastic tubes instead of bags. Well, yeah, they came in the tubes. Hey, yeah, these come in the tubes, these come in the bags. I don't know. Uh, so I'll give you a little history of the 80s and 90s M&M's. Um, M&M's Roy Royales were marketed in the early 80s with an advertising campaign that said, Now chocolate's got a whisper of mint. They were colored pale green and brown and showed a crown rather than an M&M logo. Uh, although they were marketed and withdrawn in the 1960s, Almond Center and M&M's were available again in 1988 with a limited release with appearances only during Christmas and Easter time, they became standard product line in 1992. In 1986, Squeezer, you'll remember this, M&M's launched holiday <laughs> chocolate candies for Easter and Christmas. I remember the Christmas ones. I don't remember them for Easter. With Easter candies having bunny chicken egg symbols on pastel-colored shells and Christmas candies having pine tree, bell, and candle symbols on red and green shells. I mean, my, my every time we went to any family member's house during Christmas holiday in the 80s, they had these a bowl of these sitting out. Yeah, and, and my, ours were little Christmas tree-shaped bowls. Yeah, that those two, yeah. Mm -hmm. 1991, arguably the greatest M&Ms ever, peanut butter M&Ms were released. Mm-hmm. Um... And nineteen, and they were fucking massive back then. They shrunk down yeah. in two thousand thirteen. Oh, oh! When we went to the movies uh, on uh, Sunday, Mrs. Squeezer snuck some candy in, mm -hmm. um, and and that, not because like we didn't want to pay for the candy, but this because get timing wise, tavern, the only yeah. place we can go is movie tavern. Yeah. And sorry, I wanted to have candy and not go through a process of signing a mortgage. Right. Um. And but she so she snuck in some Reese's pieces. Mm hmm. Oh. Love Reese's Pieces. Fucking phenomenal. In 1995, tan M&Ms were discontinued and replaced by blue. Huh. In 1996, Mars introduced M&M Minis, smaller candies sold in plastic <laughs> tubes instead of bags. In 1999, crispy M&Ms were released. Squeezer. Discontinued in 2005, but brought back in 2015. 2000, uh, 2000s were kind of dead for M&M Squeezer. They didn't do shit from 2000 to 2010. Right? It's so weird, right? He just took the... I mean... Eh. So by 2010, pretzel M&Ms were released. And they're still out. Two I haven't had those. Are they any good? They're alright, yeah. 2013, the M&M's chocolate bar was released. Originally called Amazing. Released in 2004. Okay, well, I remember that. I guess that did happen during the 2000s. 2014, Megan M&M's were released, but they were released in 07 for the Shrek films called Ogre-sized M&M's, so I'm not hating hate on M&M's for no reason. 2015, Crispy M&M's were reintroduced. 2016, M&M cookies were reintroduced. I mean, this is... I don't even know what this is all about. I know, M&M's. <laughs> I never, like... I am okay with the standard. I mean, you know, I tried a lot of varieties, and remember the caramel ones? We When they came out, we tried them on the show early on. Mm -hmm. 2017. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with peanut butter, peanut, and regular, the original three. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, they, they, the formula is just pretty perfect. Yeah. I had my idea for a 
trick or treat grab bag where they did like a peanut butter, peanut, regular, and and they kind of did this with their like mix, but like and do like a nougat flavor in there and like a caramel. Ooh. So it made it oh, seem that like, would be good. So you made it seem like you got like one of every candy bar in your M and M pack. Uh, yeah, it'd be like a little called like your uh, trick or treat bag. Yeah. I'm willing, to, I'm willing to give you the idea, I mean, You don't even have to pay me. Um, but that's it. That's our show. That's summer of 1996, Squeezo. That was fun. That was a fun summer. Yeah, it was. I was trying to think about that. Oh, oh God. Ah! That was um the summer between eighth and ninth grade, which I spent oh. I spent a good part of the summer at Dorney Park, just hanging out and you know going on the Enterprise with girls. A particular girl. Um, but nothing else, like, happened. You know, we were fucking 14. Um, I don't know. It was a weird summer between, like, growing up and staying young. Which is always those strange, like, formative years. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was fun nonetheless. I remember a lot of things from it. I, I, I was, like, I was the will, like, clinging on to my childhood. Will the wise, squeezy the wise. I was too. I still am. So I, I still am well. Uh, 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 oh, you, you, you clearly have clung on, and uh, I never gave up. I brought you back. I brought you back in. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we'll be back in two weeks. Next week we are off for music. We will be suffering through music fast, everybody. Sorry, um, folks. But we'll be back in two weeks talking about another year. We're going to go back and do maybe 88 or 89, right, Squeeze? Yeah, I we think did we, did, or we did 89. Yeah, maybe 88 or 90 or 87. Yeah, we're going to like start, go back Filling and then mix the, the years Filling back the in kind of thing. There's a science to it, folks. Sure. It's not, uh, it's not art. Join us for science next week on the Rowdy Years Podcast. I'm R.K. In two weeks. I'm sorry. Join us in two weeks. There's a science to it. <laughs> I'm R.K. I'm Squeezer. Bye, everybody.